מרגישים קיץ באוויר. כבר עשרים שנה. מרגישים קיץ באוויר. כל רמה. כל רמה מאה ושתיים שלוש. מרגישים קיץ באוויר. שבת שלום, and welcome to the Parsha podcast, Devarim, the next generation. This is Alison Joseph from Tzavit Chinuch, bringing to you the second installment of our Chinuch class, in which a group of Solim Bogrim Chanechim discuss this week's Parsha, Ve'et Hanan. This week's Parsha has a lot of exciting stuff happening, including another version of the Ten Commandments, the Shema and Ve'ahavta, and the laws about the refuge city, the Arei Miklat. So here's what Chanichim had to say here at Machana Ramah, and Shabbat Shalom. This is Alison Joseph from Tzavet Chinuch, and I have a lot of Chanichim here waiting for the ice cream truck. And I'm here to ask them, this week's Parsha includes the Shema and Ve'ahavta. Do you have a favorite tefillah? Um... My favorite tefillah is Ashrei. Any reasons why? No. Okay. Anyone else here? Does anyone have a favorite tefillah? This week's Parsha includes the Shema and Ve'ahavta. Anybody have a favorite tefillah that speaks to them? Az Yashir, because it sounds pretty cool. Great. Do you have a favorite prayer? My name is Lorley, and my favorite prayer is Very appropriate for this week's Parsha. This week's Parsha includes the Shema Ve'ahavta. Can you say your name and tell me, do you have a favorite tefillah? My name's Lotem. Um, I don't have a favorite tefillah. They're all great. Anyone have a favorite tefillah? And, wait, what's the question? Do you have a favorite tefillah? Uh, my name's Simon, and I mean, not really. I like Friday Night Shira. That's pretty fun at camp. So, yeah, that's probably it. Great. A lot of Friday Night Shira comes from the Psalms. Do you have a favorite tefillah? Uh, I'm Ben. Uh, sure. I like Yadid Nefesh. It's the very beginning of the Friday night. Nice. Great way to welcome the Shabbat Malka. Do you have a favorite tefillah? The Amidah. The Amidah. Why? Everyone is silent. Everyone's silent. All right, good answer in camp. It's not that easy to find a little bit of quiet. I have some kids here from Chaverim, and let's hear what they have to say. My name is Sam, and I don't, I don't have one. Okay, they're all great. My name is mine. My favorite three lives I don't allow. Because it's over? No, because I don't know. You can sing it to so many different tunes? Yes. Good answer. Okay, now we're going to get a professional opinion from a chazan. This week's Parsha includes the Shema Ve'ahavta. Do you have a favorite tefillah? Wow, a favorite tefillah. That's such a great question. Um, do I have a fa- I don't know if I have a favorite. I have some favorites, perhaps. But if you'd like one, um, let's say Lishmoa. El Harina V'Hat Tefillah from the Slichot service. Could you give us some reasons for that? 
Absolutely. Well, that line, Lishmoa El Harina Vahatfila, is, uh, and you will hear the, the, the music and the tefillah, sort of emphasizing that actually the music might even be more important to God than the words, which is sort of a beautiful sentiment for uh, Slichot as you're entering the high holiday season uh, and something that I really like. Great, thanks. Um, my name is Miriam, and my favorite tefillah is Ashrei, I guess? Just because it, it, we had a lot of fun earlier today in Tefillah when we were doing what the song was about in English. We were doing the whole English alphabet of how God is amazing. That's amazing. My name is Jaina. <coughs> and my favorite Tefillah is um, El Adon. Because I just like love the tune and like it's really catchy and like it flows well and I love I love Eladon. Another one in alphabetical order. Great. Um, my name is Orly and my favorite fila is the Mourner's Kaddish because um, even though I don't like what it means, um, it's still like a universal language to everyone who's Jewish and gives them a time to mourn. Thank God for like letting you wake up in the morning. My name's Alana, and my favorite tefillah probably Moda Ani. Um, hi, my name is Sophia Carter, and uh, I don't have a favorite tefillah because I love them all. Um, my name's Leah, and my favorite tefillah is Avaraba because it's really fun to sing. Um, my name is Olivia, and my favorite tefillah is Shimona Esra because I feel like it's like a personal conversation with God. Hi, my name is Talia, and my favorite tefillah is Adon Alam, because you can make so many um, different tunes for it. Um, I, my name is Hannah, and I like the Shema. I mean, it's a short but very meaningful tefillah, so I guess you save time and still have a meaningful um, talk to God. Hi, I'm Maya, and my favorite tefillah is Ahava Rabah and Shema because they're both, one is exciting and one is like calm. And they're both about Ahava, like they Ve'ahavta. My name is Tammy and I honestly don't have a favorite Tefillah because they are all very meaningful and special. Um, I'm Jacob and my favorite um, prayer when we do Tefillah in the morning is probably the Shema because it's a really holy blessing. My name's Gabe. And I think my favorite thing in Tefillah is probably the Elena. My name is also Jacob. Um, and, my fa- and my favorite prayer um, is probably Yigdal. Yigdal? <laughs> my favorite Tefillah is Moda'ani because it says that we're thankful for another day and that we're always going to have another day because of God and that, yeah, we should be all be grateful that there's like a great world and that we're always going to keep like having more days (laughs) my name is jacob and another one of my favorite to feel um prayers in the morning that i do is modani because it's thanking god that we woke up everyone and me that we woke up and i think it's a holy and good prayer Ready? My name is Lila. My favorite prayer is Moda Ani. Great answers. Hello, and welcome to Eden and Honest section of the Parsha Talk podcast. Woo woo. 
Today, we will be talking about Pashar Ve'et Hanan. And we will be asking some questions to some people that we find that are connected to the Parsha. Let's start off with interviewing Shira Perler. Hi, my name is Eden. I will be interviewing Shira Perler. Please state your full name. What? Shira Perler. Thank you. All right. Shira, let's start off with our first question. If you were God, would you not let Moses enter Israel after he hit the rock? Well, if you were in a godlike figure with that position of fat power. Would you give that kind of punishment for that kind of transgression? No. Do you agree with God for not letting Moses enter Israel? No. Please elaborate. Um, well, people think different things about like how or the reason for why Moses isn't allowed in Israel. A lot of people think it's because he hit the rock instead of talking to it, but actually that doesn't make sense because there was, I actually have a podcast about this for a school project, but anyway, um, there was a time where before he hit this rock, he was supposed to hit another rock to get water, and it could have been a miscommunication. And he was also very upset because his sister just died. Yeah. So thank you, you. Thank you. So you think there's more to the story than they say? Of course. Oh, it's so insightful of you, Shira. Let's move on to our next question. How long do you think Moses' speech was? In words. Too many. Do you think it's more than 10,000 English words? Probably. Do you have a guess? No. Okay, well, the answer is 20,000 English words and 12,000 Hebrew words. Are you surprised? Uh, yes. Okay, our final question today is, what would you do before you die? In what way? Like, let's say you get told you're going to die in a couple of days. What will you do? Like Moses was. Would you do a speech? Would you do stuff crazy? What would you do? Give... I mean, I wouldn't speak because I hate public speaking and whatever. I'd just enjoy myself as much as possible and, like, be with, like, friends and family and whatever. Thank you. Hello, what is your name? Annie Holden. Hi, Annie Holden. We're going to ask you some questions about the Parsha this week. Ve'et Hanan. Thank you. Um, if you were God, would you let Moses enter Israel for what he did? Um, yeah, I think so. I think the punishment that God gave was a little, like, much. I think he didn't deserve that. Okay, question two. How long do you think Moses' speech was in words? Take a guess. Very long. I think it takes up, like, most of the Parsha. I mean, most of the, like, book. But, like, in words, like, how long do you actually think it was? If you had to take a guess, how many words? Shira! 20,000 words. Shira, if you you didn't Wow, what a surprisingly accurate guess. If you didn't see it, but Shira just whispered to Annie, and then Annie said the correct answer. Wow, amazing. Okay, last question, last question. What would you do before you died? Like Moses. Like if you were told you would die in a couple of days, what would you do? Um, I mean, yeah, I think I'd probably give a long speech like Moses did. And I don't know, I feel like there's not a lot that he could have done to be able to like, get into Israel. So I think he did like a, what he could have done at the end of his life. And I think he was good. Okay, we're going to go to the next question. What is your name? Bianca Silvera. Beautiful. We're going to ask you some questions about Parsha. Ve'et Hanan. Shira, stop it. Shira is interfering, and I would like to note it to the people that Shira Perler is interfering with our Parsha Talk podcast. She's telling everyone the answer to our second question. Okay. We'll start. All right. If you were God, would you let Moses into Israel for what he did? Think. Think real hard. Yes, but I'd give him another punishment. What would the punishment be? 
don't know. Moses be punished. Okay, we'll let you think. We're gonna ask the second question. How long do you think Moses' speech was in words? Twenty thousand. How accurate! Oh my God, it's a miracle. Okay, and the final question is: What would you do before you died if you got told you were gonna die? Like day right before you. Would die. you like a bucket list, or what would you really want to do? Skydiving, or? I don't know. Great. Okay. Now we're gonna move on to Shira. She's an adult today. Okay. So we have a very serious questions for you about the parsha. Parsha. Okay. If you were God, would you let Moses into Israel for what he did? I feel like depends on what like you consider exactly the punishment for what he did. I feel like ultimately no, but not for the sake of Moshe, but like for the sake of the people, so they could like move on. Okay, question two. How long do you think Moses' speech was in words? I'm going to guess about 3,000 words. Oh, wait, way off. It was actually 20,000 English words. And 12,000 words in Hebrew. Okay, and our final question is, what would you do before you died? If you got told you were going to die in like two days, what would you do? I feel like tell the people I love that I care about them and I love them and say goodbye. Beautiful. That's beautiful. No, we're going to go to Low Time. Okay, Low Time. We're going to introduce you. This is Low Time. We're going to interview you. So, Low Time, what is your name? Low Time. Hana. Okay, great. Chemovich. <laughs> Thank you, Low Time. Okay, if you were God, would you let Moses into Israel? Yeah. Why? Because he, he deserves. He does say, yeah. Shira. Again, thank you, Shira. We have moved past you. Shira Perler. We need to make that clear. That was the kid. Oh, yeah. Because he didn't deserve to die so soon after all he did for that one tiny thing. I agree. Okay. How long do you think Moses' speech was in words? You already said that it was 20,000. Oh, my God. Amazing. She said it. She did it. Wow. What would you, what would you do before you died? I cannot say that because that would not be appropriate. Okay, great. Thank you for holding yourself back, Lotem. We appreciate it. Please state your full name. Eli Leibovitz. Amazing. Um, if you were God, would you let Moses enter Israel? Yes. Why? Because I feel that the punishment of dying for striking a rock does not fit the crime. Amazing. Amazing. Valid. Valid. Question two. Uh, oh, would you like to expand? Expand. Pretty much all of the is... Moses' speech about how you should obey God. So I guess like a punishment was he deserved was deserved, but not that kind of punishment. Yeah. Okay. Question two: How long do you think Moses' speech was? If you hadn't already heard the answer, I'd say three, maybe four, maybe twenty thousand words. Whoa! Whoa. On the nose again, everyone. Whoa! Crazy. If what would you do if you got told you were gonna die? Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Great. State your name. State your name. Liam Hoffman. I know you just switched names. I don't really care. Um, if you were God, would you let Moses into Israel? Yeah, I would, because he's like a big religious figure. He probably knows something about like repentance and tshuva and whatever. Amazing. Okay. How long do you think Moses' speech was in words? Uh, I would have assumed five thousand, but it's longer. I heard. You heard. Amazing. Okay. Um, what would you do if you got told you were going to die? 
That's a scary question. I'm not going to answer that. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. Any of you want to go? Okay, is that it? Okay, thank you for listening to our part of this Parsha podcast. Parsha Talk Podcast. We love you. Bye. Hi, this is Talia and Adira. And we are recording the second episode of the Parsha Talk Podcast. Today today we're going to be asking the question, does it give you an an incentive to kill someone knowing you can go to an ear meat clot? This is related to our Parsha because Irmiklats were mentioned in it. Today we will be interviewing Shira Perler about this question. Shira, what do you think? Wait, what's the question? <laughs> Does it give you an incentive to kill someone knowing you can go to an Irmiklat? That's when, it, if you're worried about the family of someone... Oh, wait. oh I should explain what that is. <laughs> if you murder someone and you're afraid of their family coming after you, you can go to an Irmiklat where they will keep you safe and you can hide from the family that of the person you killed. Is that a Jewish thing? Yes, as in this week's Parsha. Okay. I mean, it doesn't give me incentive to kill someone, but it makes it less like there's punishment. Like, I, of course, would never kill someone, but... Are you sure? Yes, I am sure. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yep. Um, but, like, I feel like the punishment helps, like, keep people in line in that way, and more people would kill people if there was not a punishment. Thank you for your time, Shira. You're very welcome. Thank you. Okay, would anyone else like to be interviewed? Hi, I'm back here with... Eden Holden. And she's going to be answering the question. Eden, do you think it gives you an incentive to kill someone <laughs> knowing... I don't know how to pronounce that word. Knowing you can go to an ear clot. That's when... If you kill someone and you're afraid of their family coming after you, you can go to one of these, and they will protect you, and you can hide from the family. And these were mentioned in the Parsha, so this is not off-topic. I don't know what incentive means, so great. Thank you for your time. We'll edit that out. Hi. Hello. What's your, what's your name? Anna Eliason. Thank you, Anna Eliason. Would you like to answer the question? Yeah. Can you explain what that is again? Keep on going. So basically, if you like kill someone, I think it's by accident, but maybe it's also on purpose. Like both work. Um, and you're and like the f- you're afraid of the family like coming after you. You could go to an army lot, but I, I mean I don't think you just. Uh, like, there's, like, rules in it. I don't know. It isn't just, like, a free space. It has its pros and cons. But you can hide from the family of the person you killed so that they don't come after you and may possibly want to so kill you. you won't get murdered for murdering someone else. Yeah. Would you go to one of those? And do you think that's a right thing to do? Well, if the person deserved it... Like, I'm not just going to go around stabbing people, be like, oh, I'm not going to die for it. Like, you know, if, I don't know. I mean, we have the death penalty, so, in this country. So, apparently, killing people for their crimes is okay in today's society. So, if it was deserving of the crimes, if I'm going to go with our current political 
thing, then I suppose, I don't know if the thing itself, it's kind of weird. I feel like you should like get punished, maybe not killed, but like legally. I don't know. Thanks. Thank you for answering, Anna. Anna, sorry. Hi, now I'm here with Adina, and she will be answering the same question. Do you think it gives you an incentive to kill someone knowing you can go to an Irmi class that will protect you from someone's family if you either accidentally or purposefully, we're not sure, uh, probably accidentally <laughs> killed someone? Do you think this is right? Uh, no. I think that killing is bad. However, um, some people, like the person before me said, deserve it. And so if they do deserve it, which you can really only decide based on common sense and deep thinking, which are kind of opposite things, then maybe. Thank you for your answer, Adina. Hello, this is Adina with the Parsha Talk podcast. And I'm here asking a question to a couple people. What is your name? Hi, I'm Talia. Hello, Talia. I have a couple questions slash one question for you. So we all know Moshe begs to be allowed in Israel, but God says no. What do you think on this? I think that I see where God was coming from, but I still think that Moshe should have been allowed to enter Israel because he only made one mistake, or not just one, but like he still did a bunch of things. And I don't think it was right that like, for all that, he didn't get to enter Israel, even though that's what God told him to do, and he didn't even, like, get a reward. Understandable. Now, why does Moshe want to go into Israel so badly? We can think of it like this. You put in the work to get ice cream, to go to the ice cream store with your family, because your grandma wants you to go to the ice cream store, and you tell them to go. You give them the directions and the instructions on what to do when you get th- to the ice cream store and work to get the money. And then when you're outside, your grandmother tells you to knock on the door and instead you open the door. And now you're not allowed to get ice cream. How would you feel? First of all, thank you for making that very complex scenario. You're welcome. Um, I think I would not listen to my grandma because that's a lot of unnecessary work to go into the ice cream shop. Yes, but in this scenario, it's not just you're not allowed, you just physically cannot. Okay, thank you for clarifying. Uh, well, I would feel very upset because I would want ice cream, and I've spent all that time and work preparing to go to the ice cream store with my grandma, but she was just being mead, mean, sorry. So, yeah, I would be upset, and I probably wouldn't understand why, because... I don't think it makes a difference between opening and knocking on a door, but thank you. You're welcome. Um, I have another question for everyone. If you kill someone by accident, their family can kill you, so you run to an ear. That's what they talked about. Never mind. Hello. Hello. This is Adina, and I'm with Shira Merler. Hello, Shira. My question for you is, who is Moshe at his core? Who is Moshe? Like his personality? No, who is Moshe? 
Um, so I kind of, it's an open-ended question. I kind of think of him like a character in like a book because I, I don't know, that's how I think about the Torah. Um, doesn't everyone? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't really know. Yes, but who is Moshe? Like, what, like, what does Moshe like to do on the weekends? What is Moshe's favorite color? What? Who is Moshe? A traveler? A guider? A leader? Who is Moshe? Um, it seems like he makes a good leader because I don't know, but I don't think he takes enough time and for himself. Like, he's always doing stuff for Bnei Israel or for. God, so I don't really know because, like, I don't think we see enough of Moshe in like the Torah. Yes, yes, I understand. Uh, also, so you think he's a leader? Do you think he's a good leader, or do you think he should take a step back from a lot of things, help, or do you think he micromanages too much? What do you think? I think overall he's a pretty good leader um, because he is able to step down when like he doesn't know, or he's able to like. I don't know. He's not like self-centered or anything, and needs to be the hero. Likely, I got that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to my segment of Parsha Talk podcast. I'm really cool. Um, yeah. Bye. Margishim kites ba'avir. Margishim כל רמה, 102.3 FM